those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Cause it's witchcraft. Welcome back to another episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer, your chapter by chapter review of the Harry Potter novels. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are on book two of Harry Potter. Uh, that would be Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And uh, before we get started, Jessica, on the first book that we did, you were reading the UK version of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. For uh, the most of the second half for, of it. Okay. Uh, we had started, and I was reading the regular edition. I was and just, you got me the UK edition for the, you know, the Ravenclaw mm-hmm. edition. And, and so, like, the second half second two-thirds of the book I was reading the other edition. Gotcha. I was just kind of peeking at your book, your copy there that you have on the table. I didn't know if you were back in the U.S. edition. Yes. Okay. I believe so. Although this one doesn't look like the other books, so maybe it's not. But I don't know how to tell since it says, you know, the, the titles are the same now. Mm-hmm. And it says printed in the U.S., Okay. So, so I, didn't I don't know, if there know why was, it looks different than the other books. I know we kind of had fun with the first book, talking about some of the differences in vernacular and, and things like that between the U.S. and the U.K. version. But we are reading the same book, apparently, this time. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. We are on Chapter 2, Dobby's Warning. <gasps> so it tells you right in the... In the title of the chapter, and with the picture right underneath the title of the chapter, that we're going to meet a new character in this chapter, and that's going to be a character that pops up pretty prominently from time to time going forward in the books, correct? Yes. Okay. So chapter one, just a little quick recap. When I say recap, that was pretty much what chapter one was all about. It was a real recap-heavy chapter, recalling... All of the big events of book one, right? Yeah, it set, set it all up for us. Just kind of spilled it out. So back in chapter one, basically the setup is it's Harry's birthday. Uh, his 12th birthday, I believe. He's got no presents, no no hoopla at the Dursley house, as per usual for Harry's birthday. I don't really know why he expected anything I different. I don't know either. That seems kind of silly of him. Uh, nobody remembers, except for Dudley, but he doesn't remember in a good way. Right. Just to, to tease Harry to that you don't have any presence, you don't have any friends here, Letters you don't even cards. have any contact. Absolutely. Nobody's, nobody has called, tell, or made any contact to tell you happy birthday. Uh, we know Mr. Dursley has a big dinner that evening he has a big drill client <laughs> coming over mm-hmm. and harry is told to stay in the bedroom and not make, and not any, make noise. any noise now there were a few things that i kind of drew a box around in my notes 
Uh, there was three things that, even though it was kind of a recap chapter and really kind of a, a seemingly nothing happening chapter, there were three things that really stuck out, uh, stood out to me that I think we can't dismiss because they're going to pop up pretty prominently in this chapter. There's the fact that uh, there's the no magic factor, and that's two fronts. The fact that Harry is not allowed to do magic outside of Hogwarts. However, the Dursleys don't know that. I think that's really important for the chapter that we're, we're discussing right now, chapter two. Uh, the second important thing is that Harry has not been getting any communication from his friends. Ron, who promised to invite him over for uh, a visit over the summer, Hermione and, and Ron and, and even Neville, who they've been through so many things together, there was no communication between him and any of his friends. Harry can't send an owl out because Hedwig is locked up and he can't use magic to unlock Hedwig. However, he would have thought that he would have uh, gotten some communication from his friends. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing at the very end of the chapter, when Harry goes up to his room to get locked in for the evening, he notices that there's somebody on his bed. And that's where we begin chapter two. So the first thing that Harry notices about this someone on the bed, he manages not to scream, which is a good thing. It is. Because he was told to keep quiet. I mean, given his year at Hogwarts, I you know, think he's come <laughs> to expect the unexpected. Sure. Maybe not quite in his room, but the stairwells change while you're standing on them. Prepares you for things. And he notices that the it's the same set of eyes that he saw in the garden hedge watching in him. the last chapter watching him. So before we get into why this person is there, tell the listeners who it is and just kind of describe him. Uh, it's Dobby. Mm-hmm. And it said in the book that he had bat-like ears, very large bat-like ears. It calls him a little creature. And bulging green eyes. I think it says the size of tennis balls. Mm-hmm. And he, like you said, notices it was the same eyes that were watching him in the hedge. And it said he was wearing it. What it looked like, like a pillowcase oh, with the yes, a, a dirty, mm-hmm. nasty pillowcase with uh, holes ripped in it for his arms and head mm-hmm. to stick out. Gotcha. So almost like a little dress. Gotcha. I guess. We used to when we would go out and play in the rain. Sometimes we would. If we were playing football or something in the rain, we would take like a trash bag <laughs> and cut uh, head and arms out ah. and put that over. It was kind of like a little, like a little jersey that was waterproof. Yeah, that was waterproof. It's just that's that's the first thing that popped into my head when I when I heard of uh, Dobby's outfit. And the other thing that kind of uh, popped into my head when I was not just reading it but looking at the picture. Did you have the the Dobby? the same drawn Dobby picture underneath the, the title. I had a picture. I'm assuming it's the same one. Okay. Yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't hurt to take a you know have you take a quick look at that and just see if it's yeah same one same one I had. I'm wondering if because it that looks pretty similar to the Dobby that we see in the movies, right? Yeah. I mean, more or less. More there, or less. Of course, you know, with computer graphics. They're going to, you know, change some things and, you know, make them more appealing or make them 
you know, easier to, uh, for, you know, the purposes of the animation, you know, maybe the nose is different, maybe the ears are different, maybe certain things flutter more than, than others. But uh, I, th- I thought that based on what I remembered about the movies, that was a pretty, you know, accurate depiction, you know, that little, just that little tiny picture that we'll we get. Yeah. So we don't know much or anything about house elves at this point, right? Right. We don't, I mean, I don't, I don't remember anything coming up in the first book. I don't really, Dobby doesn't say a whole lot. So without telling, we still want to not say why Dobby is there yet. We'll go get to that in a second. What was your impression of the dynamic between Dobby and Harry? Like as far as like how... Dobby interacts with Harry. What was like kind of like your big takeaway from that? Um, well, like everyone else, he's very like starstruck, mm-hmm. awestruck by Harry. It's the great Harry Potter, but he's a house elf, elf, so that's also a little different. They, you know, he calls him Sir Harry Potter, Sir, Sir. Everything is Sir. Um, Dobby just kind of. I don't want to say he knows his place, but he believes that he's not equal to wizards, that their house elves are there to serve and be looked down on. And, and, um, cause immediately Harry says, well, why don't you sit down and tell me why you're here? And Tabby just kind of freaks out. Oh my goodness. What? Uh, Tabby. And you know, Harry's just trying to get him to be quiet at this point. He's like, Shh, you know, don't let them hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There just, was the, uh, you know, Dobby's saying that I've, I've never been, in all, like in all my years, I've never been asked to sit down with a wizard almost like as an equal, mm-hmm. which it, he, he just can't handle it. Dobby just physically and mentally cannot process that based on, I guess, his interactions with wizards in the past. Because Harry even asked him, surely you've met, you know, decent wizards over the years. But that, that was a whole new can of worms and kind of goes to my next point, which is the self-punishment yes. that Dobby has. Because Dobby almost says, some, almost says something bad about whoever his masters are, which we yeah, don't know he yet. Says, you, you must not have met very many decent wizards. And he, Dobby's like, oh, no, I... And, you know, he doesn't even say it. Even it's say just, it, it's just the the almost saying it yeah. is is. Well, he, he's also kind of implying it. If he says no, I haven't met any decent wizards. Right. Well, then you're by association insulting all of the ones that you have met. So, without knowing much about house elves, I think that really tells us a whole lot about the house elf stature in the wizarding world. Correct. Yes and no. I mean, we're getting, it's again, one house elf that we're mm-hmm. being exposed to. And at this point in the story, we do not know who his family is, who his masters are. But later you have to take that into consideration. Is, are, is it like this for all house elves? Or some house elves? But not all? You know, they're like, like Harry was saying, there are decent wizards out there. Mm-hmm. And he would hope that they wouldn't be that cruel to their house elf. Can you give? Can you tell the listeners what a house elf's job is without spoiling anything? Just pretty much everything. You know, they're like a maid, mm-hmm. butler, 
footmen all rolled into one. Mm-hmm. They can they can do their own magic. They can pop in and out. They can do spells. They don't even need like a wand or anything. They mm-hmm. just usually in the movies, I think he's a snap of his fingers, mm-hmm. and he can do all kinds of little magics. That's really their job is to be the maid, the butler, the nanny, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a lifelong position. Yes, correct. He says in this chapter that he will serve until he dies. Right. I just I kind of I do we ever find out? And like I said, I don't want to give too much away. But do we ever find out like how the house elf process is like how how they're chosen? Is it like a family passes down the same house elf, or do, if the how do, do house elves have? kids and then they're born into i i don't want to use i'm trying to avoid using the slave word yeah because in but it's similar because it's like an ownership yeah in pre in pre-civil war times in our country when there was slavery and slaves would get married you know the whole jumping over the broom ceremony sometimes slaves would have children and if they would have children, if the child was born to slaves, then that child was also a slave and also owned by that family. So I'm wondering if it's kind of, I, I didn't know if there was like a similar dynamic with house elves or anything like that. That part does not get brought up in the books. Okay. There's no mention of them getting married. There's no mention of them having children. Um... I mean, he mentions I'll be a slave until I die. He doesn't say if that's an extremely long period of time. Mm-hmm. Do house elves live for hundreds of years? Mm-hmm. We don't really know. I mean, there might be some extra material out there where uh, J.K. Rowling explains more about that. But in the context of the books, it's not addressed. So what about the self-punishment that we see from Dobby in this chapter? It's like every time... Dobby does anything he's not even doing anything bad at the beginning of the chapter we get into that a little later we get into the (laughs) the mischievous side of Dobby later in the chapter but he's not even doing anything to us seemingly wrong but he'll say a few words and he'll feel well I have to bang my head against the window because I did something bad and I almost spoke ill of my family Mm -hmm. or I almost said this or did that so yeah i don't recall seeing that there's only a couple other house elves that we meet throughout the stories Mm -hmm. and they're all very different and taken care of very differently um so dobby's kind of a unique case in this gotcha we can finally talk about why is dobby at harry's house and we get the we get the impression that he did something really bad by sneaking away from his masters to to get there. So he, it must be something super important for him to risk, because like if if he has to do this all this self punishment for these seemingly nothings that he's doing, imagine what his punishment by his masters would be if they find out that he snuck out to go do you know this little mission of his. Uh, what is why is Dobby at Harry's house? He tells uh, Harry that he's there to make sure that he doesn't go back to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. He says that Dobby knows about a plot to make bad things happen at Hogwarts. 
And so Dobby thinks that Harry should not go back. I it, thought we got a little more specific than that, because I think it gets a little more specific than that in the movie, maybe? Because mm-hmm. I was waiting for more to come out, but that's what I wrote down. That, I mean, that's what he says. There is a plot mm-hmm. to make bad things happen at Hogwarts. Yeah, and he's kind of playing the game where, <laughs> if you've ever done, uh, done the game, like where, well, I can't tell you what it is... But if you guess it, I can tell you if you're right or not. So Harry's kind of saying, does this involve Voldemort? I mean, he who uh, must not be named because Dobby is... Freaks out. Freaks out. And Dobby's kind of shaking his head yes or shaking his head no. Is it... Does Voldemort have a brother? Is it... (laughs) Of course, course there's there's an evil brother. Uh, Yeah, it's the first thing that pops into Harry's mind do you think that it's something that Dumbledore could stop do you think I mean he, it was Harry just trying to kind of pull, pull at straws yeah to guess because things. Dobby just won't tell him he, yeah. he, he won't just come well, out he can't and tell him. he like tried and he said like the words couldn't he couldn't get the words out and then he immediately jumped down and started banging his head but then we have to avoid this because he's making too much noise it was a funny thing though because yeah Do- it's a Dobby made a funny choking noise and then banged his head frantically against the wall when Harry said who's plotting them and Harry's like okay 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 I you can't tell me I get it I please get stop it. banging you your head it. against the wall um, we keep hearing all these are getting all these little play-by-plays <laughs> Harry hears voices downstairs or he can hear them going into the dining room and he hears Dudley say this way mm-hmm. and we hear them the, the clatter of the knives and forks and I'm like and they can't hear what's going on in Harry's room. Yeah. It seems like yeah. we're picking up very minute noises. Dobby's banging his head and yelling and wailing, and they can't hear him. Yeah, so Dobby Dobby pretty much says that he came to Harry's house to protect him, to warn him. And it says even if he does have to shut his ears in the oven door later. <laughs> which would, He's done it before. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter must not go back. To Hogwarts. If Harry Potter goes back to Hogwarts, he will be in mortal danger. So it's we we don't really get anything other than that. And to Harry, this is probably about the worst thing he can hear, because going back to Hogwarts is really the only thing that's keeping him going through all the junk that he's puts up with at the Dursleys' house. But he does, after hearing Dobby's sob story, kind of feel like, oh, my life's not so bad here. Right. So he does recognize that. So uh, Dobby's constant self-punishment, like you said, I, I wonder how they didn't hear it at the beginning. It eventually gets to the point where it gets the attention of Mr. Dursley, who comes upstairs, and Dobby hides in the closet. And we get, you know, some threats from Mr. Dursley about Harry being quiet, and I told you what to do, and you're not following the directions. You're going to pay for it later on. But Dobby later tries to convince Harry not to return to Hogwarts by saying that, oh, you know, there's something along the lines of, like, your friends, they probably don't even want you back. I mean, they don't even write you. And that was a little bit of a giveaway for Harry that something was... Dobby's not smooth. Something was going on here, right? Yeah. He said, what what do you mean? How do you know they haven't written me letters? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, because Dobby's been intercepting the mail. Right. Is that is illegal in Louisa World as it is in the human world? Yeah, pro- it's a federal offense. Federal offense. <laughs> Wizarding federal offense. Yeah, you can't, you can't mess with people's mail. 
But Harry wants to know how Dobby knew about the lack of letters from his friends, and Dobby's been intercepting these letters as an elaborate part of his elaborate ruse to make Harry. It's very conniving. I mean, it's very. <laughs> He's been thinking about. He this. has been. I mean, it's a it's a very conniving plot by Dobby to try to keep Harry from going back to Hogwarts, which he says is for Harry's own good. But it's this big ruse to make Harry, you know, pretty much hate the people that his friends at Hogwarts so much, or make him think that his friends don't really care about him. Yeah, that everybody's forgotten him. He's got nothing to go back to. Right. So why would he want to go back? Right. I don't think Dobby took into account how awful Harry's life is. Sure. And Harry wants the letters, and Dobby has them. And Dobby, you know, basically admits to to his wrongdoing. But Dobby is not going to give Harry the letters unless. Harry promises that he's not going to return to Hogwarts. He's kind of like, promise me you're not going to do it. Give me your word. I'll let you have the letters if you say you won't go. And Harry won't do it. He cannot make that promise. Well, especially now that my friends have been writing me. My friends do care about me. Now I really want to go back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, despite the fact that, you know, it's dangerous for me to go back. Yeah, it probably is, because the last time I went there, I went literally face-to-face with the most evil wizard in the history of the world. Yeah, and, you know, just other things. You know, we had to go hunting in the Forbidden Forest mm-hmm. for detention. Almost got eaten by a, 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 by a dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, those were all kind of Voldemort-related. Dragon almost, dragon almost burned the dragon them. thing was totally, well, it was also because of the, I guess everything there could be tra- traced back to the Voldemort issue. Still, Hogwarts just isn't the safest place to be. So Harry tries to snag the letters, and Dobby runs out of the bedroom door, down the stairs, and I'm guessing, I mean, they said that the party was going on in the dining room. It sounded to me like, and I'm trying to kind of picture like the way the house was set up in the movie, it sounds to me like they kind of went past the dining room and into the kitchen, or did they not pass the dining room at all? I know they ended up in the kitchen. Um, no, I think you could hear what was going on in the dining room. Okay. You could hear what was going on in the dining room when you were upstairs, but I don't think we went past it per se. Okay. So, but either way, we're not in the, we're not where the action is. No. We're Dobby and Harry are kind of playing keep away in the kitchen at this point. And Harry enters the kitchen, and Dobby is no longer using the letters as blackmail for Harry. Now he's up up the game a little bit. He's up the stakes a little bit here. Yes. He's got this beautiful, elaborate, very tall, apparently, pudding mm-hmm. dessert that Petunia has worked so hard on mm-hmm. and is going to present to these guests. And, and he's got it levitated in I, the air. And I put in my notes here, I said, Dobby's using magic question mark. But you answered that earlier is that that they have magic. yeah elves have uh, yeah have magic. yeah so it's not it might not be on the level of a a wizard but or maybe it's that, just different okay. I know there are some things that house elves can do that wizards can't do okay um, anything come to mind like, like it's more of trying not to be spoilery they can go places and pop in and out. We're like, like you Mr. Put, Mr. Mix- Mixelplex from you put <laughs> Superman on your house so that other wizards can't get in. Sure, but it wouldn't matter if the help 
is coming or going. Sure. So a lot of, I know like that was my one example is the, the popping in and out. They can get in and out of places easily. Gotcha. Gotcha. Where other, there could be spells or enchantments to keep other people from doing that. So Dobby's using his magic to levitate Aunt Petunia's pudding dessert near the ceiling. And he's basically saying, I'm going to drop this. You know what's going to happen. You know, he didn't say that in, in as many words, but mm-hmm. that's but that's what we're... He's implying. Yeah, he's implying it, that I'm going to drop this. You know what's going to happen. You know how much trouble you're going to get in. Because if I drop this, I'm not going to be sitting here, you know, for you to blame it on me. I'm going to be gone. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley are going to see you with a broken dish covered in the pudding dessert that they were going to present to the client. You're going to be in huge trouble unless Harry agrees not to return to Hogwarts. And again, it's for your own good. Yeah. He repeats it several times. It's for your own good. You can't go back. Mm-hmm. And Harry again. He just can't do can't it. Can't do it. He can't, can't do agree. it. I mean, no matter. And it, it was almost like Harry. He was just like defeated. He just he he just kind of resigned himself to the fact. He said, "I just can't." He said, I know, it was almost like he knew. Harry needs to learn to lie. He knew it was good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, sure, Dobby, sure. We're, we're, sure. I'm not going back. I mean, maybe there's. And then I show up and be like, oh, change my mind. Maybe there's some kind of uh, thing about a, you know, a wizard's word with how it pertains to house elves or something like that. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, they, he could ask him then, okay, well then let's make a, mm-hmm. a real true packed deal sure. or whatever but him just saying yeah okay I won't go I don't think that that's going to hold him to it but yeah see he can't say it so what happens to the pudding he drops it oh and it shatters and Dobby's gone right and Dobby's gone in a flash poof like nightcrawler <laughs> kind of yeah and that that and, of course gets the attention oh, of yeah couldn't not everybody from the dining room comes in to see what's going on and I was rather impressed I Vernon's uh, quick thinking here. Mm-hmm. And maybe he kind of had this going in the back of his head, but he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. This is my nephew. He's got mental problems. Yeah. He doesn't do well when strangers are in the house. We mm-hmm. tried to keep him upstairs. He just gets upset when there are strangers. He kind of smooths it all over and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fine. They send Harry back upstairs. And they go back to having... Oh, Mrs. Drizzly pulls out some ice cream. She's like, oh, we'll just have ice cream for dessert. Let's go back and have our little dessert. Sure. It'll be great. Everything's fine. But I wrote down that there's four consequences from this. <laughs> okay. So here are, here are the... Here are, here's the fallout from this. Consequence number one. Harry is in trouble for ruining the pudding. Uh, he's got to clean it up, and he's assuming, you know, going to be there's going to be consequences after we close the deal with this client and they mm-hmm. go home. The second one, though, is probably the biggest one in the fact that a delivery owl shows up yeah. pretty much as soon as that pudding hits the floor and the Dursleys come in. An owl is already on its way to Harry's house. And the owl shows up and drops a letter, just swoops into the house, 
and drops the letter on Mrs. Mason's head. That's the client's wife that was there. And this ruins Mr. Dursley's deal because the Masons leave because apparently Mrs. Mason is terrified of birds. Yeah, she birds. runs out shrieking. Yeah. It's not just leaves. Yeah. She runs out <laughs> shrieking because she's terrified of birds, of all birds. And apparently there's the Dursleys, it's the Dursleys' fault that this owl came into their house. Well, what are the chances of an owl coming sure. into your house? They think that it's some kind of joke, mm-hmm. prank, that Mr. Dursley's trying to be funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that. And Mr. Mason so, was saying, yeah, you directly, knew that, why would you, you think, pull a, jo- a joke like that? You know my wife is terrified of birds and all of the, everything of the avian family. So that was the second thing, is that the, uh, Harry's in trouble. Mr. Dursley's deal is ruined. The third thing is that that letter from the delivery owl uh, was brought from who? The Ministry who? of Magic. The Ministry of Magic. And what what would they want? They're, are they inviting Harry back to Hogwarts for a little ice cream social? Nope. He's in trouble. Mm. It came to their attention that a hover charm was performed at mm-hmm. the residence. I guess they have very sensitive magic, and they mm-hmm. can tell that there was a charm performed at that house, but they can't tell who did it. That was that was the other thing I was going to ask you. How is the Ministry of Magic so aware magic had been, you know, taking place, and even what, even in particular, what magic it was, you know, down to the household, but they don't they don't know who did it. Well. We don't know for sure. Okay. I'm just going to speculate. Okay. Um, Harry's the only wizard in that house. Right. So that's really the only thing they need to know, is if somebody in that house is doing magic, they're going to assume it's him. Perhaps, I mean, I was wondering how that works in, you know, the Weasley's household, where there's lots of people going in and out, and there's magic all the time. Somebody's always using magic. So I'm guessing a wizarding child can get away with it more they let the parents police that mm-hmm. plus you know they the was the weasleys don't live in a muggle neighborhood so harry's just, house is probably on a stricter watch mm-hmm. and it's just a generic watch because they don't have to try and dis- distinguish who is doing the magic it's just harry he's the only one there who could be doing it i guess as far I mean, as they are concerned i just like i mean what if like voldemort showed up and at harry's house just tried doing magic tried just to, to get him in trouble. No, I'm well, I mean that would be evil. You, I'm not going to kill you, Harry. I'm, just I'm going to silly I'm, pointless charm. I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to ruin you mentally. First, ruin your reputation. I'm going to get you kicked, kicked out, out of, school. of school and have you living on the streets. You'll and then to the dark side. when you're at your lowest point, that's when I'll strike. But like what if so Let's say Voldemort shows up and tries to do like a, a death spell on Harry. So the Ministry of Magic would just say, hmm, we'll see somebody's th- performing a death spell on Privet Drive. Must be Harry. Send the owl. So That's Voldemort, not- no, hold on a second. Voldemort shows up, murders everybody. <laughs> and then just an owl swoops in and says, um, um, Mr. Harry Potter, um, we would appreciate it if you uh, do not perform uh, de- de- death spells, uh, because if you do it again, uh, you will be expelled. 
Meanwhile, Voldemort's murdered everybody. No, so. see, that's why they need to know what specific charm it was, or what specific type of magic it was. It was a hover charm, so that just gets you a little letter. If it was a death spell, then everybody would rush the house. Nah. It would be yeah. like a, a red alert instead I'll tell of just you what, like a, a yellow. I tell you what, Ministry of Magic is basically like politicians, right? Yes. You can't trust. You can't trust them. No. They're the worst. Worst. They're the worst. Where they where are they at when you really need them? It's just like all this uh, stuff that's going on as as we're recording this. Like gun control is like a big thing in the in the country right now with you know the right wing against the left wing, and we we're gonna take our guns. It's like, well, you you know, guns kill people and. You know, schools aren't safe, and then we got just the politicians just kind of sitting there in the middle, just kind of twiddling their thumbs and not really doing anything of, of merit. And that's just kind of what the Ministry of Magic seems like to me. They're just kind of there just thinking that they're, knowing that they run the show and knowing that, eh, we don't really have to make a difference in this world. We just have to kind of... Keep it running. Keep it running. Exactly. That's a, that's a really good way of saying it. You know. Oh, did the uh, is the world sir here the next day? You're welcome. We did that. You know. That was all <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. That was that was your uh, that was your government at work. You're welcome. Oh no, we're not fixed. We're not making things better. We're still here, aren't we? That's kind of what it seems like. So the Ministry of Magic seems kind of like a joke to me at this point. So I'm glad Dumbledore, in the last book when he was going back to the Ministry of Magic, found out really quick that it was uh, not where he needed. Yeah, not where he needed to be. The third consequence is is that letter, like I said, and Harry is in trouble for using magic outside of Hogwarts, and if he does it again, he could be expelled, which would be horrible for him. And then there's the fourth. And then there's the fourth consequence. The fact that Mr. Dursley sees this letter and reads it. And remember when, when Harry used to get mail and Mr. Dursley wouldn't even let him read it? Mm-hmm. This time, Mr. Dursley was very quick to hand the letter to Harry with a big smile, evil smile on his face and say, Go ahead, boy. Go ahead. Read it. What does it say? Because Mr. Dursley sees the letter and now he knows that Harry was not supposed to be using magic this whole time. And that was the only thing keeping the Dursleys from just treating him, treating Harry just like a a filthy animal Mm -hmm. this whole time, right? Yeah. So Mr. Dursley says that he's going to lock Harry in his room. He's going to put bars on the windows He's never, Harry, you're never going back to Hogwarts. Now that I know your secret, not only were you not supposed to be doing magic, you made us believe that you could as a way of kind of... Tormenting us. Yeah, tormenting us. How dare you, Harry? Not only that, you're never going back to that school, and he knows that if Harry tries to use magic to escape, to get back to the school... What, which is his quote-unquote safe place, he's going to get expelled anyway. Because it said in the letter, if it happens again, it's grounds for expulsion. Mm-hmm. So Harry is really in a bad spot right here, and, and Mr. Dursley knows he's got Harry. And he puts 
but somebody comes over the next day, they put bars on the windows, they lock the door, they put a little cat flap door, which we put in our house recently uh, in I the think last it's even few months. Than that. But uh, our dogs love it, mm-hmm. you know, and coming and going. Uh, but you and I would not be able to fit through that, especially not me. <laughs> You, you, eh, I don't know. I wonder if, if Jess, Jess Carano could contort herself <laughs> through there, but definitely not me. They're good, and what are they going to use the cat flap door for? That's to slide the food in and out. Oh, wow. Food. That's awful. Yes, they slide food in and out the door. So it's, so it's like flap. solitary confinement in yes. prison. He gets let out twice a day to go to the bathroom. So you get, he gets once yard. Once in the morning he, and once at night. He gets time in the yard. Uh, no, just go to the bathroom. Oh, so even in prison, you get to go outside. Yeah. You know, throw some weights around a little bit, shoot some hoops. Nope. And he got a can of cold soup that he had to split with Hedwig. I I wrote that down, too. His bird is even going to starve. His meals, meals would be putting it uh, generously. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's not fed very often. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing he gets three whatevers a day. Uh, but like a can of soup, I mean, like how many calories is in like a, a can of soup? Like, 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 just like a regular can of like chicken noodle soup or something like that. I can't imagine it'd be more than like 200 calories, like 180 calories or something like that. If you're getting three cans of soup or the equivalent of that a day, does that mean Harry's getting like 500 calories a day? You know, that's that's starvation. You know, that's like just enough for your body to keep working (laughs) you know that's not enough for you to be properly nourished there's all kinds of medical problems and things like that that can come of that he mentions that he's hungry he's he's starving but he's still giving most of his or some of his food yeah he drinks like the juice but the Stuff at the bottom. Yeah, they said it was like some vegetables. vegetables. Yeah, he gives the headway. Yeah, so I'm guessing some kind of like vegetable medley or vegetable soup or something like that. And it it was just like I'm guessing it's just like a can with one of those pop tops because I'm guessing he doesn't have a can opener. (laughs) Well, I think it's actually in a bowl, but she's because he said I think he said because he pushed the bowl back towards. Oh, okay. I thought I thought she actually put it in a bowl, but he said it was a can of soup. A can of soup, okay. So they they opened the can and dumped it into a bowl. And Hedwig kind of looks at it like, what is this? This is not what I eat. And Harry's like, hey, we have to, this is all we're getting. Like, (laughs) please eat it because this is all we're, it seems that we're going to get. We go from, in the first chapter, Harry kind of in a point where, yeah, this stinks. But I think I can get through it to, I'm going to die and I'm going to starve to death (laughs) in this room. And my, I mean, could you imagine not only starving, but watching your, your animal starve too, like right in front of you and not being able to do anything about that? I mean, that's just, that's evil, you know, that's evil on the Dursley's part. We're, we're kind of at the end of the chapter here. One big, more big thing that's going to happen. Anything else you want to throw in there before we forget? Kind of just about the whole, you know, situation that Harry's in now. You know, he's pretty, it's, things look pretty bleak for Mr. Potter at this point. I would like to think that once Mr. Dursley cooled off, things would, I'm not saying they'd let him out, but things might get a little bit better for him. Let me get a can, can and a half. A can of and a half, maybe, maybe some old bread, too. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, I know, I understand that he's really mad right now. Like a couple vitamins or something yeah. like that. Some Flintstone vitamins. Flintstone vitamins. So maybe it would have gotten a smidge better. Mm-hmm. But so that he wouldn't have starved to death. But yeah, he's really got nowhere. No light at the end of the tunnel. If mm-hmm. they're not going to let me go back to Hogwarts, then there's no point in sticking it out. If he doesn't, if he like he's like he said, if he, if I use magic to get out, then I'm expelled anyway. So he's basically trying to decide what to do, and he's not in a good place. So there's no light at the end of the tunnel. However, however, there is a light in the window. <laughs> and as the chapter ends with Harry sat in his room. And he really just wants to go to sleep. And he's having this kind of weird dream, right? Yeah, that he's in a zoo and he's in his cage, which, you know, he basically is in a cage. Mm -hmm. And Dobby's there and he's saying it's for the best, you're safe. And and then Dudley's there and he's rattling the bars of the cage. People are staring at him. Yeah, everybody's staring at him through the bars and Dudley's rattling the bars of the cage and he's like, stop it, I'm trying to sleep, leave me alone. And he kind of wakes up and and there's still bars rattling. Mm -hmm. And that's when he looked out his window and there's somebody looking in. Have you ever had a dream like that where you're sleeping and you hear a sound like in the real world and it's very similar to the sound that you hear in your dream? Like, I can't, I, I can't think of a specific time that's happened, but I know it's happened to me before. Like, so, uh, like there'll be something, like the alarm, for example, will be going off, and there'll be something in your dream that's, like, making that, you know, it might be, like, a fire alarm or something like that, or, uh, like, a car horn honking, or, or, have you ever, like, experienced that? No, you know me. It's, there's a sound, I wake up. Oh, okay. That's just it. There's... Yeah. I dream very vividly. Yes. <laughs> I have like been like laying wrong or something and my hand fell asleep and mm-hmm. it hurt really mm-hmm. bad and in my dream I hurt my okay. hand. That kind of thing. But I not got the you. sounds. I got because, you. Because you know I just wake up. No, I got you though. I, I that's kind of on the same on Level. the same plane. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Harry wakes up and the moonlight is shining through the bars on the window and he was dreaming of people staring at him through bars and dreaming of bars rattling. And he wakes up, and there is somebody staring through the bars in the window and somebody rattling them. A freckled-faced, red-haired, long-nosed someone. And this time, J.K. Rowling does not make us flip the page in order to tell us who it is, because uh, she tells us that Ron Weasley was outside Harry's window. So uh, that's the end of Chapter 2. And uh, business is about to pick up, seemingly, in Chapter 3. I had to peek. I didn't read Chapter 3, all of it. I did have to peek at the first couple pages. I'm not going to talk about it on on this show, because we'll get right into it on on the next episode. But I just had to peek to find out how in the world is Ron (laughs) outside Harry's window. Like, how did he get there? We know Harry lives upstairs. Did, like, Ron, you know, climb up, like, the lattice, like, where the ivy was growing on the outside? But, like I said, don't want to give it away until... But you flip the page, and it pretty much tells you right there Everything how it's happening. Know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, any big takeaways from the chapter uh, as far as uh, similarities or differences to the movie that you remember? 
Um, I imagine the scene with the Mr. and Mrs. Mason was pretty. It was uh, very different. Very different. Okay. Yeah. That's how so? Not how it happens in the movie. Um, in the movie, uh, the party has moved into like the living room, mm-hmm. and they're lounging in the living room, and Dobby floats the. I don't remember if it was pudding or just a cake mm-hmm. into the other room. And so you kind of can see from Harry's side and the the Masons are sitting with their backs to Harry on the couch and you can see the Dudleys are, uh, Dursleys are sitting there and they were just like, oh, don't you do it. And this, <laughs> this cake's floating and Harry's trying to catch it slowly. So quietly. the Masons can't see it, but can't see what's going on that's now. hilarious. And... Um, <laughs> And I think Dobby's still in the kitchen, so they can't see Dobby, but... See, I kind of like that better than, <laughs> than than the book. And Harry's trying I to think get that's it, brilliant. and it lands on the lady's head. Okay. Yeah, I, I that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> a little different. Maybe made it a little quicker. I don't know. I, think, I mean, I think that's an improvement over the fact that, you know, oh, you knew we'd be freaked out by a bird. How dare you? You yeah. know, to just drop in, you know, a, a dessert on weird. straight on her head, and she would just freak out. How dare you? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, and it's just the embarrassment of being covered uh-huh. in goo, and sure. just being like, "I have to go. I have to get cleaned up." And yeah. And then that would still play into the fact that uh, Harry would still be in super big trouble. It would still ruin the uh, the client sale uh, that Mister Dursley was trying to close. It would still alert the Ministry of Magic. And it would still... Uh, does does Mr. Dursley see the letter when it comes? I was, I was just going to tell you that. So, in this movie, the letters talk. Oh, interesting. They didn't in the first one. Okay. So, but... Uh, not all letters, but some are specifically magic. They they fly up to the Well, they've gotten person, new technology in the last six months. And the so. envelope kind of opens, and it talks, and it tells you what the writing on the inside is that happens a couple of times in okay. later books where we see the, the letters read themselves to the recipient it's like when you get one of those birthday cards that when you open it it plays music mm-hmm. but they cost like six bucks so <laughs> it's probably their version of you know you have having to sign for the letter uh-huh. so if, you, if you got it the bird dropped it off but didn't like put it in your hand mm-hmm. and you just didn't read it or something you threw it oh I, I didn't know what that said but this letter comes to uh, your face yeah. and it, uh, it was talking to you sir tells so we know you, you right to you your face it. and they must get some some received notice yeah. back at the ministry. Yeah, like when you look at your phone and it says red at one forty two PM. Exactly. It's like I know you read that. <laughs> Why aren't you responding to me, mother? My mom's the worst about that. The she'll worst. she'll read the text and she'll text back like three hours later. I was like, I know you read it. I know you read it three hours ago. At least you're getting a response eventually. Yeah, sometimes. Um, I will say that my brother Andrew is probably the best of the rhinos at responding. Oh yes. Um, he's uh, so shout out to Andrew. He's he's really good. Like even about that. when, like when I was at school the other day and I needed help, I wasn't sure. You respond most of the time, but mm. you're in classes sometimes, so mm. I don't know if you can. Yeah, sometimes I have to work. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you're actually working. So <laughs> I I'm I text both of you because mm-hmm. I know it's like well, I text the I might have text you first and then went Ugh, what if he can't do it and I text Andrew. Yeah, hedge your and, bets. And Andrew replied instantly if you if you're like if it came down to 
Especially uh, if you had to, there was something on Facebook, like somebody said, uh, name that one person that, like, if your life depended on them answering the phone, <laughs> like, you'd be dead. <laughs> I go, God, my whole family. Everyone. Like, <laughs> I think Andrew would answer yeah. if I He'd called. He'd probably be cussing about you yeah. calling and oh, Why is he not texting? What? But I'll, I'll answer, answer yeah. nonetheless. My dad never answers his phone. My mom never answers his her phone. If Andrew uh, happens to be at work, though, see, that's the time that you mm-hmm. catch him. He would still answer your text if mm-hmm. he's at work. Sure. But he probably he might not pick up the, you know, answer the phone. Uh, my brother Jake's the worst. I mean, he'll he he goes eighteen hours before responding to a text. Eighteen hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you're busy, but come on, man, eighteen hours. I know hours? you've looked at your phone. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. I think uh, that about does it for chapter two. Unless there's anything you want to throw in here at the end. No, no, I think we've covered it all. Gotcha. So uh, if you got any ideas for uh, questions or thoughts or feedback, you can send those to us at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Uh, no matter what platform you're listening to us on, go ahead and leave us a review if you enjoy the show, if you are having fun, if uh, there's uh, things that you're in uh, enjoying about what we're doing here, this little project. Uh, leave us a review because it really helps the show. And uh, next time we see you, we will be back with Chapter 3 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So for my lovely wife, Jessica, I am Dan. We will see you next time on Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Bye. Those fingers in that sly come hither stare that strips my conscience bare it's witchcraft and i've got no defense for it